Umkhet Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the autumn of 1944, President Franklin D. Roosevelt's clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts struggled in their mission to defend the free world from Nazi villainy. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Belly Deep Slough. When we last left our heroes, the famed Brassy Battalion, they had just limped home after a brutal fight with SCAR, only to find that AeroQuest dynamics had been destroyed in their absence. The bureaucratic red tape was too much for even Withersby to cut through in timely fashion, and the airfield had still not been rebuilt. The battalion were down in spirit and down on their luck, and this did not sit well with one Miss Dixie Stenberg. Her plane had been trudged up from the floor of the Pacific Ocean by Cornelius's submarine, but it was waterlogged, and repairs were slow going. Not content to sit on the sidelines, Dixie rotated through the rest of the battalion's planes, each member volunteering to sit one assignment out and let Dixie pilot their P-47 as she led them on missions to aid the Allies in their surge into Germany. Let's listen in as Dixie leads one such excursion, only to find that this mission is not going to go as planned. Benny, coming up behind you. Yeah, I cannot shake him. I'm on it, Benedict. Dive, Benny, get that muck off of your tail. He's moving like slug. I think my controls were damaged. Ah, got him. Tommy, watch it. There's a wing of turbos coming in at 3 o'clock. I see them. Benny, can you still make the run? Ah, I think so. I am still aligned with target. All right, we've got boys on the ground that are going to get decimated if we don't take those tanks out. Lily, Tommy, you keep those turbos from crashing the party, and Benny and I will head for the Panzers. Roger. We'll go. And don't let me catch you two smoochin' before the job is done. <laughs> we'll save that for when we get back home. Let's go. Meanwhile, half a world away in Los Angeles, at the sunny intersection of Balboa and Benoit, stood the Birmingham Army Hospital. Cornelius's daughter Esmeralda had been in the main hangar of AeroQuest Dynamics at the time of Zeta Squad's attack, and was not left unscathed by the bombing rounds. Her legs had been crushed by falling debris, leaving her immobilized and struggling through her rehabilitation. Come on now, Essie. You can do it. Just push yourself up on the bars. I'm trying. Oh, sweetie. Let me help you. No, I'll do it myself. It's too hard. I I can't. You can and you will. You must. You shall walk again. You cannot give up. It's the Pearson way. We don't let a little thing like, like unresponsive legs stop us. Must you always push so hard? It's the Pearson way. Hey, Pops. I bought some coffee now, and I... Now, Joseph, can't you see we've got important work to do? Well, yeah, but I mean, everybody needs a break sometimes, right? Why did Dixie have to take your plane this time? I've been asking myself the same thing all this time. I mean, me, the skull. 
I should be out there breaking Nazi heads. You should be out of here and leaving Esmeralda to her rehabilitation. Her legs won't start working again on their own. Work, work, work. That's all you do. Well, some of us aren't lazy bums with no respect for work ethic. Ah, blow it out your ear, Pops. I got better things to do. Be gone with you, then. Go on, get. I'm going. Enjoy your coffee. Mr. Scalzetti was just trying to help. You listen to me, Essie, and you listen good. That Skull City boy is bad news. Oh, he can fly well enough, but he's not to be trusted. But... But nothing. Enough of this nonsense now. Let me help you back up and we'll try again. <sighs> yes, Mr. Pearson. Back in the skies over Germany, Thomas and Lily charged right at the approaching wing of Messerschmitt 262s, which possessed jet engines that allowed them to travel at over 100 miles per hour faster than our beloved Brassy Battalion. Bollocks! Unfazed, the amorous couple flew on to provide the cover their compatriots so sorely needed. Lily, if we don't make it out of this... Honey, we will. But if we don't, there's something I have to tell you. I... Tell me. I know. Be careful, Lily. You too, handsome. And so onward they flew, into the approaching Messerschmitt 262. But at such high speeds, the 262s couldn't slow fast enough to reduce their turning radius. And the slower but steadier, always reliable, tough-as-nails P-47 Thunderbolts turned a much tighter corner, steadied. And the 262s were little more than sitting ducks in a bright blue pond of violence. That's it, we've got them! Open up and let them have it. Back near the ground, however, the situation was growing more dire by the ever-increasing seconds. We need some help down here! Those things are coming up fast! Hang on, boys. We're on our way. Dixie and Benny swooped low, weaving between the German buildings and housings, taking a few shots at German encampments as they went. Pushing beyond the limits of safety, Dixie and Benedict opened their engines up full throttle, pouring on the speed and getting dangerously close to losing control in the narrow quarters over the street that had become the latest battlefield of the war. Ah, control's giving out. Benny, you've got to slow down. Your controls are damaged. Don't risk it. What? The men? Cover my six. I'm not sure I'm going to get them all in the first pass, and there's no time to try to come around again. We're going to lose more time and more men if I do. you got to mop up whoever I miss. Da, Miss Dixie. Good luck. Luck's for those luckier than me. And some of us don't need it. Back on our board, you damn bastards! Dixie darted from side to side, as much as the encroaching buildings would let her, struggling to keep control not 20 feet from the ground. She buzzed over the Allied troops, rockets blazing, destroying panzer after panzer, freeing the troops who were pinned down. As she pulled up and swooped into the expansive sky, fully two-thirds of the tank column lay in smoldering waste. 
Bolstered by Dixie's daunting display of air superiority, the troops emerged from cover and fired their M1 shoulder-mounted rockets, also known as bazookas. Several of the tanks had evaded Dixie's rockets and the anti-armor M1s of the infantry, however, and now the troops were out of explosives. We're done for! And then Benedict flew in and dropped hot Russian justice on the head of the few remaining Nazi aggressors. You did it! You saved us! We're clear to advance into the city proper! Bless your heart, folks! Just glad we could help, Sergeant. You live to fight another day. Spasiba! You are welcome, comrades. Tommy, Lily, you two okay? Thumb to Dixie. Red as rain, honey. Let's go home. And with that, the four members of Brassy Battalion pulled their geo-slip levers. And vanished. And now, a word from our sponsor, the Redolent Umket Industries. Redolent, oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Fine choice of words there, my good man. Why, thank you, my good sir. But I must ask you. Yes, old chum. Just what is so redolent? You're the one who said it. I should think you would know. You should think, yes. Well, then I shall tell you, for it's something we all need know. And you folks at home listening, too. If you want to know what's redolent, it's... Yes? Rendering. Oh, it's redolent when you render. Just smell the fat of the splendor. Rendering is redolent? Sir, is it ever? But what shall we render? The leftover fat from your genuine umket bovine roasts, hamburgers, steaks, and sundry other meaty delights. While I agree that there is nothing quite as redolent as the smell of beef fat melting. Yes, yes. Just what does Umket have to gain from this? Your fat. But how do they get it? Well, I'll tell you. You just give it to them. Just ask Sam the Butcher. Come on, Sammy. Come on. We're live on air, you know. There's a fella. Hey, I'm Sam. The Butcher? Yeah, that's right. The Butcher. I hack it. I cleave it. I cut it. You eat it. He will cut your meat for you to eat. He just leaves it up so you can sell. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. the Butcher, if I may be so bold, could you tell us about fat? What? I ain't no tub of lard. I'm on the easy umket approach. Uh, my pardon, good Sir Butcher. I merely meant genuine umket bovine fat. Oh, yeah. Well, see, what you gotta do is save your fat. You keep it in cans and jars, cap them off when they're full, and then you drop them off with me, Sam the Butcher. And where might we find you? I'm your local butcher, so find me in your local butcher's shop. But why ever would we save fat? Hey, you don't need to, pal. This is for ladies only. All the patriotic housewives of America. But why ever would they save fat? I suppose you'd like to know. Do please explain. You know what? I will. Or better yet, let my friend tell you. Your friend? Hello. I... And the Dean. Hey, Mac, you never told me. What are you the Dean of? Many a mainstay of higher education. And I'm here to tell the good, patriotic housewives of America that Uncle Sam needs your help. Yeah. Hey, ladies, we want your fat cans. What? No! Don't touch me! (gasps) I don't think that's right. Uh, we want your cans of fat. Oh, of course. It's our duty. There we go. But why for? It's war. When you save your excess fat and turn it into all the good Sam the Butchers the country has to offer, 
They hand it over to the Redolentum Kit Industries for rendering. There's nothing like the smell of hot beef fat rendering in the morning. But what, oh, what does the rendering do? It melts the fat, you see. Yes, and then it becomes glycerin. How does fat become glycerin? With science. And we need glycerin for the production of explosives. (gasps) And that means we can help our boys fight the Nazis. The trolley. Now you are on it. Yeah, what he said. Only more colloquial-like. Just trim off the fat, you don't eat that. You just save that gloop to help our troops. And now I think all is clear, so... Actually, I I still have one more question. They're not using those cans of fat to make unky, are they? Unky would never do something so unsavory. Do you hear that, folks? Never. So then... What does Uncle Umket get out of this? The satisfaction of a job well done. The knowledge he's helped the war effort. Feeling like a true patriot. Yeah, but we can't do it without all of you choice cutlets out there helping out. Good housewives of America, we implore you. Your country needs you. You must help us. So give them to us, ladies. We want your fat cans. We now return to our program as Dixie, Benedict, Thomas, and Lily return to California. Having landed their planes at a nearby U.S. Army base, they made their way to the Belly Deep Slough, where their comrades in arms were waiting. Dex, you made it back! (laughs) You gonna do this every time I get back, Frank? Every time you're back in one piece? You bet. Softy. Hey, uh, Toots. I hope you didn't scratch up old Bessie Lou. Bessie? My plane? (laughs) Well... One of the flaps is shredded. What? And the tail is mangled. What? Oh, and the landing gear is sort of, uh... What? Missing. What? (laughs) I'm kidding, Joey. Relax. Old Bessie is fine. Don't worry. Yeah, she better be. I got connections, you know. Come on. Drinks on me. You sure, Joey? I can hold my booze. Hey, you brought my bird back in one piece. It's the least I can do. Ah. <coughs> Joseph. Pops. Congratulations on a job well done, Dixie. Uh, thanks, Corny. Now that I know you're all home safe, there's work to get back to. If you'll excuse me. What's that all about? Forget about it. Esmeralda again. He pushes that dame too hard. Come on, the booze awaits. I am glad to be helping you to repair Dixie's plane, Mr. Freudenberg. And I am grateful for the help, Robert. Your technical know-how is top-notch. As you might expect, one day I hope to build a little robot of my very own. Well, good luck with that. Dixie's plane does vex me, so the work is slow going. They sure can get damaged when careless decisions are made. Yeah, that's the can. Hello, crazy Americans. Where is Vodka? I do so enjoy watching human merriment. It's very merry. I suppose. Do not be glum, chunk. Our friends returned unharmed from another successful mission. It is a glorious day. At least is that to be thankful for. Thomas is here! Let the party begin. Where's the whiskey? Oh, and look! With him is... Lily. Lily walked into the room, instantly owning every corner of it in a way that only she could. Every head turned, every set of eyes upon her, including those deep, 
gray orbs resting below a grimy set of goggles on the head of a certain mechanic, but they had lost some of their sparkle. I should, uh, say something to her, yeah? That would be very cordial of you. As Ferdenberg crossed the busy room, the revelry seemed to fade away around him, and all he could see was his beloved Lily, shining like a beacon, guiding him into her shores. Miss... Miss Lily? A hush fell over the room, all eyes upon the glowing Lily and the wiry mechanic that stood before her. Yes, Freudenberg? I... I wanted to say that... As Freudenberg struggled to find the words, Thomas Galen's gaze fell to the floor, unable to look poor Friedemann in the eye. Lily grabbed Thomas's arm, snuggling into his side. Well, get on with it. I'm glad you made it back safely. I am proud of you. All of you, I mean. Thanks. Uh, yeah, yes. Thanks, Fordenberg. Yeah. Over at the bar, an inebriated MacGuff was taking out his own frustrations on Witherspeed. Now you see it as I see it. We should have Aeroquest back up and running already. Bartender, another milk, please. Don't you ever loosen up, Benny. Never. What? Never? Hardly ever. So, where's Aeroquest? That's some strong milk. The cows must be bulking up this year. What vintage is this? I asked you a question, and I'd like an answer to the question I'm asking. I'm doing my best, Mr. McGuff. But the bureaucratic red tape I must cut through to get funding is insurmountable, impossible, insuperable. Well, you do whatever it takes, Mr. Withersby, because Brassy Battalion puts their lives on the line every damn day, and they deserve better than to be living out of a hotel and borrowing hangar space from the Army. It's been over a year now, and, and they deserve better. Dixie deserves better. That is surprisingly aptly put, Frank. You darn tootin'. Hey, Benny. Going out? I must. Mind some company? It is private. I know. I just thought you might not want to be alone. And I'd like to pay my respects, too, if I could. Duh. Is... is this spot good? Over here. She... We used to lie and look at Moon together. She liked to make up stories. What kind of stories? She liked to imagine a city on the moon. People of all kinds there living in peace. Away from Earth. Away from war and pain and suffering. A place where all could look up to for hope. With lots of vodka. <laughs> That's beautiful. If we're lucky, maybe someday. I don't know about the moon. I'd rather find peace here. On Earth. One sip for me? No. One sip for us. Me and my ally. My friend. <coughs> And one sip for you, Heronushka. Solnishka, my yo. We fight in your honor. <coughs> That's some strong stuff. <laughs> Was Irinushka's favorite. <coughs> He's glorious. 
I'm gonna head back inside. It's cold. You coming? Mm, not yet. Cold feels like home. Just remember, you're never alone, Benny. Back inside the belly deep, the party was in full swing, though the members of Brassy Battalion found it difficult to enjoy themselves. Ah! ah mm, pull me another. Hey, you sure, buddy? You've already had quite a bit. Hit me. What? This ain't cards. No, hit me in the arm. Hey, you used to box, you know. You don't want me to do that. Just do it. Okay. Ah! Oh! There. See? Not numb yet. Oh. So? So, pour me another. You ain't so bad, you know? Thanks, Joseph. I think. So, what's eating you? Uh, women. What are you gonna do? Am I right? I don't really know what you said, but sure. Yeah, well, I hear you, pal. We all got problems. I told you, Joey, the plane thing was a joke. Not everything we talk about has to do with you, Dix. You think you got problems? Ain't we all? Well, yeah, but I mean... Hello, Dixie. Oh, um... Hey, Tommy. Life's never easy, is it? Yeah. We all got problems. Barkeep! Hey, Dixie. Congrats on another... Stuff it and just fill my glass, would ya? You got it. You alright? Yeah. We've just got some incommodious interrelationships. This production has starred Renee Christine Jones as Dixie Stenberg. A lot of stuff sure happened since the last episode. Mark Zaracor as Frank McGuff. Well, a year passed in the passing. Sometimes things change. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. Sometimes things do not. Another episode without any Scar or Zeta Squad? Criminal! Yeah, you are. <coughs> Ow! You're right, Bill. Some things never change. Jeremiah McCoy as Archibald Withersby. The permutations of transpositions as we traverse the epic display, the venturesome vivacity of existence. Whatever it takes, just get me AeroQuest back. I am on the case, Mr. McGuff. Pete Mylan as Freudenberg. Oh, Lily. Scott Vinicombe as Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. Lily is fine. It's Esmeralda you should be worried about. Anthony Pacelli as Joey Scalzetti. That's who I was worried about. You're very kind, Mr. Scalzetti, sir. You keep your distance from my daughter, Joseph. I was just trying to help. Bah! Tommy's the one you need to be worrying about. He's the ladies' man. Right, Tommy? Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. Uh, pardon? Am I? Ev? Lily? I like you, honey. Lily! <laughs> Dixie. Tommy. <sighs> Perry Whittle as Benedict Aderchenko. I have problems too. As you say, we all have problems. It's okay. We all also have friends. Each other. Well, about that, I... Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. <laughs> I have nothing more to say to you. No, that didn't go so well. Thomas is with Lily no, and I'm... No, 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 no. <laughs> you see? Watch your steps, son. Ain't that a threat, Pops? Ugh, will you all just quit it already? Gives me headache. What is vodka? 
Catherine cried as Geist. Oh, please. Keep it up, Brassy Battalion. It almost makes up for us not being in the episode. Justin Dobby as Volker. What do you mean we're not in the episode? Aren't we in the episode right now? Or do the credits not count as the episode? I don't know. This whole time skip thing is getting to my brain. Oh well. At least our relationship isn't on the rocks. Right, Rennie? 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 Alicia Marie Barton as Esmeralda. Land sakes. I'd say we've all gotten ourselves into a right proper pickle now, haven't we? Ooh, pickles. I'm warning you. I gherkin. Elaine Barrett as the robot. It's times like this I just close my eyes and go to my happy place. Robot heaven? Detroit! Have you seen the new 44 Ford Coupe? That is a sexy machine. Yeah. Well, this got quickly. Kristen Bays as the Umket triplets. I can't believe the nerve of that butcher man. I know, the very idea. Jerry Crawford as the Dean. I have lots of ideas. I'm the Dean. R. Francis Smith as Sam the Butcher. Yeah, you got a lot of good ideas, all right. Thank you, Sam. Like cleaning me out every time we have a poker night. You two are really friends? Well, we do play poker. And he always wins, too. Hey, wait a minute. Michael King as the Sergeant. Let's kick their Nazi behinds all the way back to Berlin! Neil Bailey as the barkeep. My role was kind of small. Don't worry, we'll be back again and again and again. And Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. Just like Umkin Industries, back again and again and again to sponsor your most favorite radio entertainment programs. This is Seth Adamsher. Stay tuned next time as Brassy Battalion takes a trip south only at PendantAudio.com. You've been listening to a pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, brought to you tonight by Umket Industries. And remember... Just trim off the fat, you don't eat that. You just save that gloop to help our troops. I'm Sam the Butcher. Yeah, that's right, the Butcher. I hack it, I cleave it, I cut it, you eat it. We need all of your choice cutlets out there helping out. So show us your fat cans. Stay safe, America. And... Good night. Don't humph me, woman. It's the first episode of the season. I don't even know what the hell I did yet. <laughs> this production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Schur. Umkent Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges. Copyright 2008, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>